Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is June the 15th. It is 2018. It is obviously Friday. And uh, for those uh, guys out there who have children, I wish all of you this coming Sunday Happy Father's Day. Uh, Probably being a parent is the most important uh, and significant and difficult job that anybody could ever do. Being a parent um, is really tough. Moms and dads really, uh, if they do it right, can really uh, make a difference in their children's lives and their kids can then make a difference in the world. And that's what we should all be striving to do. Uh, It's not how big your bank account is. Uh, Really what I believe matters in this life is whether or not you make an effort to make things better for those who follow us. And uh, that's the reason for my program. After 9-11, I became determined to share the experiences, the perspectives that I acquired during my 30-year career with the old INS, the Immigration and Naturalization Service. Because if you read the 9-11 Commission report, and I provided testimony to that commission, primarily 9-11 was the result of multiple failures of the immigration system, failures that are still not being addressed to this very day. In fact, and you'll see shortly, the Goodlatte bill and other bills like it, the Ryan uh, treachery, ignore that there was a 9-11 commission. That's what is astonishing to me. And um, maybe that both of those individuals are leaving Congress, so they want to <clears throat> give us a going-away gift, actually give themselves a going-away gift. I have no idea. I don't know what's in their hearts. I certainly don't know what's in their heads. But whatever it is, I'm not happy with it. And I made myself a promise a long time ago that I would not mince words. People who refused to accept reality were the reason that 9-11 happened, were the reason that the San Bernardino attack happened, were the reason that the Boston Marathon attack happened. We can go right down the list. Either we deal with reality and we have elected politicians, and I don't care what party they're with, I don't care if they're with the Hopping Kangaroo Party, Either they stand with Americans or they need to be sent packing. I don't give a damn about left or right, and I hear this foolishness about who's a conservative and who's a liberal and who's a progressive. Who is pro-American? Who is pro-American? Not America, but American. Because today, pro-America seems to mean corporations, seems to mean immigration lawyers, seems to mean special interest groups because they're getting representation in Congress and the average American is getting bupkis. We're getting less than nothing. So for those of you who get all worked up and I, and I see the remarks on my front page articles, you know, the libertards and the Democrats and, you know, spelled D-I-M as in dim bulb. Hey, folks, we've got fools on both sides of the aisle. We've got Americans who subscribe to all sorts of political ideologies who are as dumb and unsophisticated and naive as they come, both sides, both sides. 
I'm registered as a Democrat. I make no bones about it. Can't tell you the last time I voted for one of those critters because they, those who call themselves Democrats in politics, people like Pelosi and Schumer, they're not Democrats, okay? They cloak themselves in the title Democrat. Uh, They are anarchists. They are dangerous. You had Pelosi the other day being quoted as wondering why there was no uprisings among the people because of the southern border. Not because we're not securing it adequately, but because children are being taken from their parents. And I'm going to get to that. But when I listened to a woman who had been Speaker of the House, she was in the chain of succession to become the President of the United States. Let me tell you, my blood runs cold. It was a how dare you moment, basically calling for riots. My gosh, it takes my breath away. People like that have no place in public office or in the public discourse. It's because of Nancy Pelosi and people who subscribe to her brand of madness that Border Patrol agents, ICE agents have been assaulted. She has been out there since after 9-11. I've started to really pay attention to the venom she's been spewing, vilifying the men and women who enforce our immigration laws as though they were the enemy. She went to Mexico City shortly after 9-11 and equated immigration agents with terrorists, saying that the agents were committing acts of terror in the immigrant communities. That statement spoken anywhere on this planet would be an outrage beyond belief. But it's a particular concern that she said those horrible lies standing before a screaming audience in Mexico City. I will never forget the image. I will never forget what I saw on my TV screen. Interestingly, they're no longer available, those videos on the web. That got expunged. Isn't that interesting? But this is a dangerous game that they are playing. It is undermining national security. She's clearly standing with MS-13 and the gangs. I I spoke about it. I wrote about it a couple of articles back at front page that when President Trump referred to members of MS-13 as animals, She took umbrage, and Chuck Schumer, being Chuck Schumer, immediately got in front of the cameras and said, oh, my grandparents weren't animals, they were immigrants. Well, Chuck, if you were really listening to someone besides the noise that comes out of your own throat, the president wasn't referring to immigrants. He was speaking about violent gang members who used tactics distinguishable from ISIS, killing children, chopping off heads, removing hearts from the chests of their victims. If that's what your grandparents were like, Chuck, then maybe it explains why you are who you are. Frankly, I doubt your your grandparents were like that. I met your parents a while back. They seem to be relatively normal people, considering that you're their son. That's all I can say. Although I do remember your dad saying to me, um, we're not going to talk about politics, Mr. Cutler. Someone brought me over to meet him at a local restaurant years ago. And you should know that my answer to that was, If my son was Chuck Schumer, I wouldn't want to be discussing politics either. Certainly, Chuck's father was showing eminent good sense. This equation of illegal aliens with immigrants, blurring the distinction between gang members with honorable immigrants who come in accordance with the letter and with the spirit of our laws to share the American dream and experience freedom, And to be so screwed up as a politician that you want to obfuscate that difference speaks volumes about who you are. It speaks volumes about who Jimmy Carter is, 
because he was the guy that started this word game. And this is not about political correctness. It's purely about Orwell and Newspeak. And those words that you spew came right out of the Ministry of Truth, right out of George Orwell's pages, 1984. And for those of you who haven't read 1984, I urge you to get a copy of it and read it. You will understand completely the game being played. So we are now in the middle of a crisis that has been manufactured by the politicians from both parties. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about my article about something that the Trump administration did that I'm very pleased with. Not a shocker on immigration. He's done quite a few things right. He's gotten some things wrong also. But this was of particular interest because this is one of the issues that I've been jumping up and down about when I've been before Congress. When I, te- when I gave testimony to the 9-11 Commission, and when I've been in the public media. Immigration fraud, the biggest threat we face. Everyone is fixated on the Mexican border. Once again, everyone has a short memory in the United States. The Mexican border is important. But let me tell you, if all we do is secure the Mexican border, don't bother. Don't even waste your time. Save the money and build an amusement park somewhere. If we made the Mexican border bulletproof, Mosquitoes couldn't be able to get across the border, and if that's all that we did, we wasted our time, our money, our effort. It's a waste. Won't work. Can't work. Will never work. And here's why. I like to ask a rhetorical question. How many times does an illegal alien or an aspiring illegal alien have to run the U.S.-Mexican border before he or she gets in? Anybody have any ideas out there? I don't see any light bulbs going off, so let me answer my own question. The question, again, is how many times does an illegal alien have to run the border before he or she finally makes it into the United States? And it's a very simple mathematical equation. It's one more than the number of times they get caught. Think about it. If they make three attempts and get away with it on the fourth attempt, and that was their magic number. If they made eight attempts and made it on the ninth attempt, then that was their magic number. A determined illegal alien will run the border. Does that mean we shouldn't secure the border? Hell no. It's got to be secured, and fencing is good. A wall is good, but it's not enough. How many holes do you need in the bottom of your boat for your boat to wind up in the bottom of the lake? And the answer is one hole. How many holes does the immigration system have? Well, I wrote an article a while back for Front Page Magazine, and I called it Border Security and the Immigration Colander. Congress was offering to sort of, kind of, a little bit, on occasion, over years, halfway, patch, one hole to get. And here's the wording, folks. I didn't write this crap. Operational control, 90% operational control over the high traffic areas of the U.S.-Mexican border. What does it mean? What is operational control? What's a high traffic area? How do you determine what's a high traffic area? And what happens when the smugglers realize that the Border Patrol has beefed up security and moved their show 38 miles down the road? Now what? What in the world were they promising you? They were promising you nothing. This is the magic act of the magician who promises to cut his gorgeous assistant in half, and everybody knows it's an act. 
If he cuts her in half, she dies. If she dies, he goes to jail, and nobody will ever work with him if he ever gets out of jail again. And God only knows, maybe he was planning to take her out to dinner that night anyway. So, to entertain the audience, the highly skilled magician creates an effective illusion that he cut this gorgeous woman in half, and at the end of the show, of course, she emerges unscathed because he's such a brilliant illusionist. The politicians know damn well that the people who bribe them, oh, did I say bribe? I meant to say give them campaign contributions. You know, sometimes I get so confused with all these words. Campaign contributions, forgive me, folks. So if they want to get those bribes, did I do that again? If they want to get those campaign contributions, especially from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, especially from labor unions that are selling out their members, especially from religious groups that want to fill the pews, especially from corporations that want to flood America with cheap labor, especially, well, we can go down the list of the especialies. So they know that if they really secure the border, the money stops. So they really can't secure the border. But they know that almost every reasonable, rational American voter wants the border secured, the immigration laws enforced fairly but effectively. What to do, what to do to create an illusion. And how do you create an illusion? You do it with words, and you do it by spending lots of money, knowing in advance that the money will achieve bupkis. It's like hiring a painter who says to you, Mr. Jones, I'm going to do a great job painting your house. I will charge you by the hour. And the guy says, great. And he picks out colors, and the painter comes with his able assistant, and they're courteous, and they are prompt, and they are neat, and they are clean. And they put down the drop cloths, and they put all their equipment there, and they move the furniture away from the walls, and everything is covered with these wonderful drop cloths, and the painter sets out to work, and the next day, 8 o'clock, as he promised, right on the dot, you can set your watch by it. Ding dong, the painter is back, and he puts out the drop cloth, and he continues to paint, and five days later, he's still painting. And the homeowner started to get a little suspicious. Five days to paint my living room? Ah, Something's going on. And then he realizes that the painter has an empty paint can. He's just creating an illusion that he's doing the job so that he gets paid by the hour. When you look at things like the Secure Border Initiative Network, that was the supposed border solution, and we spent tons of money on it, it accomplished nothing. Drones are largely ineffective on the Mexican border. Don't ask me. Look at what the GAO had to say. When Mr. Obama found out that drones were ineffective, he ordered more drones, and they're expensive. For the price of one of those big drones, you could get four helicopters with Border Patrol agents on board, and if you're a Border Patrol agent and you've, you're surrounded by a bunch of rock-throwing illegals, when you look up, do you want to see a drone taking pictures of your demise? Or do you want to see a chopper with some of your buddies on board who are heavily armed and can land and back you up and help you to take these characters into custody? What does the drone do? Take pictures of your funeral, for your funeral? Understand. So the politicians spend tons of money on things that don't work on these expressions that become meaningless. 90% operational control, high traffic. What in the world? You see the game that's played. And it's all a game. If you look at the Goodlatte bill, mandatory e-verify. Boy, that's good. 
no one's going to be able to hire illegal aliens anymore because we're going to make E-Verify mandatory. How great is that? I won't ask anyone to raise your hands because I can't see them and I don't want to embarrass you. Is there anyone out there who thinks that mandatory E-Verify by itself, by itself, will stop the employment of illegal aliens? If you think it does, get help. Get help. Make sure you can still fog a mirror. All that the unscrupulous employer has to do is hire illegal aliens off the books. Then those people are invisible to the system, you see. How do you find out if this is being done? You need agents to go into the factories and go into the farms and go into these employment venues and see who's working there. I know. I did the job. And I can tell you there were times that I walked into a factory and there were 200 people on the factory floor working under sweltering, filthy, fetid conditions and 28 time cards next to the time clock. Well, wait a minute. 200 people working, 28 time cards. What do you think is happening? Hmm. Maybe you got 172 people working off the books. Literally do the math. But how would you know it unless you physically went to the factory? So what's the solution to people hiring illegal aliens? More ICE agents to make sure that no one's cheating. Guess how many new ICE agents the good lad Bill would hire? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Zero. That's been the strategy going back to Ronald Reagan. When Reagan was elected, everyone said, wow, this guy is tough. He's going to want to enforce the law. The first thing we were told as soon as he was in power was interior enforcement was not an issue. Without interior enforcement, folks, immigration fails. It's not just about arresting illegal aliens. It's about conducting fraud investigations. The 9-11 Commission found that immigration fraud was the key method of entry and embedding for the terrorists, claiming to be married to an American but not really being married, claiming to have a job but not really having a job, and so forth. That was the key. Claiming political asylum, like the Tsarnaev dirtbags. Can't go back to Russia. They'll get us. We gave them asylum. They went back to Russia. Guess what? They committed immigration fraud. Nothing happened. Well, something happened. April 15, 2013, they turned Boston into a bloody mess at the marathon, didn't they? They were a two-man wrecking crew, those pieces of trash. One is dead. The other's waiting his demise. I wish they would move the clock up, but let them sit there and contemplate what that experience is going to be like. So understand what we're talking about. You're in a situation where we have no idea who we're giving citizenship to. We've naturalized terrorists. What's the solution? Have enough agents to conduct investigations. How many new agents would Goodlatte hire? Zero. Now, my understanding is he does want to hire more people for State Department to check into visa fraud, but they have no authority to look at immigration benefit fraud. Then why wouldn't he want to hire immigration agents? Well, I can answer that question for you authoritatively. Bob Goodlatte is about to leave the House of Representatives. He is retiring. So is Paul Ryan. Guess what Bob Goodlatte is when he's not a congressman? He told me himself that he was an immigration lawyer. Do you think lawyers want alien clients deported where they can't bill them anymore? Really? Look, 
The name of the game is create the illusion that they're securing the borders and enforcing the laws, but make damn sure that the flood of cheap labor, foreign tourists, foreign students, and most important for members of Congress, clients for immigration lawyers keep on coming. When they see that human tsunami headed for the border, what they see are clients. And in fact, I've been told by some of my friends on Capitol Hill that as soon as that caravan of illegals showed up, there were immigration lawyers running to Mexico to collude, there's a word you could use, collude with these aspiring illegal aliens and telling them exactly what they needed to say to the Border Patrol so they could get political asylum. So now you have Jeff Sessions, who's a real sharp guy, one of my heroes, and what is he saying? Well, wait a minute, why are we giving people political asylum They don't even use the word political anymore. Asylum. Because they live in a country with a high crime rate. Hey, Mayor Emanuel, if you're listening, the residents of Chicago, by that standard, ought to be getting political asylum. High crime rate is not what asylum is supposed to be about. And Jeff Sessions went and reiterated the point. It's about people who belong to a group because of their race, religion, political beliefs, um, I'm missing one or two others, but it's basically race, religion, ethnicity, uh, political beliefs are coming under attack. Well, if that's happening, then we do give political asylum, and I'm a fan of doing that if, and here's again the very big if, there's no other alternative, and and we can vet the people properly. The problem that we've had with political asylum, with refugees coming out of the Middle East, is trying to figure out who the hell we were dealing with. After the Holocaust, the United States was reluctant to take in as many refugees as they should have. They didn't want to do it during the war, too, and people were dying. Think about that. But the people that were looking to sneak in, who were the liars back then, weren't terrorists who wanted to blow us up. They were Nazi war criminals who were trying to escape punishment for their crimes against humanity. I'm not a big fan of theirs. I actually helped with one case, and it it pleased me no end. My family was decimated by the Nazi dirtbags. I was named for my grandmother, who was slaughtered in Poland because of our religion. So, you know, I I, I have no affinity to, to Nazi criminals. They should all be hanging from trees. But the point is, they weren't coming here to kill us. They were fleeing justice. The terrorists, on the other hand, are coming to kill us. And they are embedding themselves in refugee flows. So on the one hand, you want to do what's right, what's moral, what's compassionate. Quaint idea. America's compassion should start inward and work its way outward. We ought to be looking at what's in the best interest of American citizens. We ought to be going into America's minority communities, where the poverty levels and the violence levels and the drug levels are through the roof and trying to figure out what do we do to help those Americans so that they can live better, productive, successful lives in their own country. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And you you look at these ideas of sanctuary cities, which are really magnet cities for fugitives from justice, gangbangers, drug traffickers, and illegal aliens who will displace American workers. The whole point to the civil rights movement to right the wrongs of slavery and Jim Crow and segregation and discrimination was to provide quality education and job opportunities for American blacks, period. 
the black caucus seems to have lost their way. How in the world are you helping black Americans aspire to attain their capabilities when the jobs are going to illegal aliens and you have members of the black caucus standing with the illegal aliens over members of the black American community? Are you serious? Are we that damn stupid that you think you can keep getting away with this crap? If you wonder why Donald Trump won, that's why he won. Abraham Lincoln was right. You can fool some of the people some of the time and all the people some of the time, but God damn it, you can't fool all the people all the time. The party is over. The American people have moved on. They have figured out the way they've been shafted by both goddamn political parties. But the parties haven't figured it out yet. Pelosi hasn't figured it out yet. Chuck Schumer hasn't figured it out yet. You see? Neither has Bob Goodlatte. Neither has Paul Ryan. I'm tired of this. Really, I'm tired of this. I'm exhausted at this forever. I did my first congressional hearing on May 20th, 1997, on the issue of visa fraud and immigration benefit fraud. Why? Because of two terror attacks carried out in the United States that got people killed. January 93, Kansi, a Pakistani citizen who applied for asylum, by the way, got himself a, a partnership and a courier delivery service. He had a courier van. Those things are ubiquitous and invisible, just like a yellow taxi cab in midtown Manhattan. And so he drove into the parking lot of the CIA in January of 93 and brought with him an AK-47, and he jumped out of this van, and he sprayed bullets into the cars of people arriving for work that cold January morning. He killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, and fled the country. One month later... We had the attack at the Trade Center, the bombing, almost knocked one of the towers down sideways. Can you imagine if a tower, 1,400-plus feet tall, 110 stories high, it was a vertical city, damn near came down sideways. I don't even want to imagine the the catastrophe that would have created. But nevertheless, six were dead. Over 1,000 were injured. A half billion in damages were inflicted. Mahmoud Abu Alima, the ringleader, got agricultural amnesty, the amnesty that Chuck Schumer added to the Reagan amnesty. The guy claimed that he was working on a farm in Florida picking beans, when in reality, the only thing that he ever did um, was work as a cab driver in New York City. He lied through his teeth. Guess what? The Goodlatte Bill would allow illegal workers who have been working on farms to become legalized. This is an amnesty for illegal farm workers because we have such a shortage of farm workers and give them the opportunity to work on a farm for, I believe, it's 18 months. Bob, didn't you learn the lessons of Mahmoud Abu Alima? Didn't you read 9-11 Commission reports? Why would you take illegal farm workers and give them lawful status if they enroll in your farm bill? And again, if this is about farm workers, Farmers should want thousands of ICE agents out there to make sure that farm workers coming to the United States really go to the farm. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, I became part of an investigation working. It wasn't a formal arrangement. There was no memorandum of understanding. We put together an ad hoc bunch of people. It was myself and my partner at Immigration. It was New York City Police Department. It was ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. And it was then NIS Naval Intelligence. Now it's NCIS, Naval Criminal Investigative Service. And why did we get together? Because we found a bunch of aliens from Jamaica and Panama and Trinidad. Not Mexico, folks. This nonsense about Mexico has got to stop. 
Mexico is one of many countries that are of concern. And they came to the United States on agricultural visas, these individuals, ostensibly to work in the orange groves of Florida and the apple orchards of upstate New York. And instead, when they were admitted into the United States with those agricultural visas, they never showed up on the farms. They got involved with a different cash crop, marijuana. Some of them, quote-unquote, graduated to cocaine. They were super violent. And then they started to get into the Marine Corps because we had some uh, Marine recruiters who were down on their quotas, so they were providing fake ID to these illegal aliens from the Caribbean, and they were allowing them to get into the Marine Corps. And as soon as they got their, their, their um, tactical training and weapons, they immediately took off and started to carry out commando-style bank robberies all over the New York City area. And they were killing people. And that's when we got involved. Now, the solution would have been to have more agents like myself and my partner and others go out and hunt these people down. If you really want these folks to work on farms, then what you have to do is have enough agents police the system to make certain that the farm workers are being treated in accordance with law, being treated fairly. Today, farm workers very often are being treated worse than livestock. Agents can solve that problem. Not one additional agent would be hired by Mr. Goodlatte. Isn't that remarkable? And the Ryan bill makes the Goodlatte bill look tough as nails. This is about flooding America with an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. The Goodlatte bill would also give green cards to people with H-1B visas. That's lunacy. Why are we importing more computer programmers and high-tech workers even as Americans are being fired? Disney was wonderful. I will never go to Disney World in a million years. They said they made a mistake when they displaced American workers and hired Indians. Was the mistake hiring Indians? No, they believe that they made the mistake when they ordered the people they were firing to train their replacements so they could get their severance package. Ladies and gentlemen, this breath away, it makes my head want to explode. And that is who would benefit from the Goodlatte bill. That is who would benefit from what Ryan wants to do. And then we talk about the DACA aliens, and the media is complicit. The children, we must help the children. These are young people. They had no say in coming here the way they did. Really, these aliens could be as old as 36 years of age right now. They just need to claim they came before they were 16 with no capacity to do interviews, with no capacity to do field investigations, how in the world is an adjudications officer supposed to figure out how long that illegal alien has been here? Because when you run the border, you don't enter undocumented. <clears throat> you enter without inspection. No record is created of your entry into the country. This would be a perfect opportunity for fugitives from justice, gangbangers, and international terrorists to enter the country. I just wrote an article about that, about the fact that there are terror training camps involving Hamas, Hezbollah, and ISIS, in Latin America. There was just a hearing that Peter King held about how many of those individuals in Latin America are affiliated with Hezbollah, ISIS, or the Iranian Quds forces. All of these are clients of the Iranian state, the biggest state sponsor of terror on the planet. And according to the hearing, over 200,000 individuals have been highly trained and highly, you know, well-equipped 
and battle-hardened fighting in Syria on behalf of Iran, who are looking for opportunities to enter the United States to hide in plain sight and wait for the day that they're called into action. And indeed, Peter King has had a whole bunch of hearings about this. And it is believed that there are thousands of such sleeper agents present in the United States. But this is not a news bulletin, folks. I testified before Congress 44 months after 9-11. And the irony is it took us 44 months to win the Second World War. The irony is that on December 7, 1941, the Japanese fleet killed fewer people than we lost on 9-11 to 19 young terrorists. And the irony is at that hearing I raised the issue of sleeper agents. That was about almost 15 years ago. What have we done about it? Nothing. Well, no, I can't say we did nothing. We've made it worse. Since that hearing, how many aliens have we admitted who then went on to commit acts of terror? Well, let's see. Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber, we actually naturalized them. We were real good. Less than a year after we gave him citizenship and supposedly we investigated his background, he tried to set off a car bomb, an SUV bomb, at Times Square, crossroads of the world. Thankfully, it didn't go off, but he was a naturalized citizen. The Boston Marathon bombing, the San Bernardino attack. These people were admitted into the United States long after that hearing. Was anybody listening? No. They don't need hearings in Washington. They need goddamn listenings because they don't want to listen because it interferes with their money, with their power, with their authority, with all of their things. Do they care about the impact on America or Americans? Absolutely not. They are grammatically challenged, and they only conjugate verbs in the first person singular. The three most important people in their lives, me, myself, and I, that's all they ever think about. And I've had enough of this garbage. You should have enough of this garbage, because that's where we are. So this brings us, <clears throat> to what the president is doing. He's opening up an office in California to hunt down naturalization fraud, aliens who lie about prior deportations, aliens who lie about all sorts of things to get U.S. citizenship when, in fact, they should probably be deported, prosecuted. But again, this takes resources, and that's what the president's trying to do. But if you read my article at Front Page Mag, and the title of the article was just published this morning, June 15th, Trump administration opens office to find naturalization fraudsters. A great first step, but much, much more needs to be done. That's the title of my article. Please read it. When you read it, please pass it to your friends. Become part of my bucket brigade of truth. Aliens who get to be U.S. citizens by lying probably got their green cards by lying. Why are we starting so late in the process? Denaturalization is an unwieldy, time-consuming process. If you could nip it in the bud before they get their green cards, more the better. And terrorists don't need U.S. citizenship as an embedding tactic. They can get political asylum, and that might suffice. Temporary worker authority might suffice. That's not what I'm saying. That was in the 9-11 Commission report. That was in the staff report on terrorist travel. So please understand, they don't need citizenship. But citizenship is the home run. Citizenship is the gold ring. Citizenship are the keys to the kingdom, and I'll tell you why. An alien who naturalizes gets to take any name he wants. That's fine. You're starting your life over. You want to sound more American. I get that. But they get to change their name. Their U.S. passport only reflects their new name. It doesn't show their original name. So if you have somebody who is a fugitive or a known terrorist, 
that he gets a U.S. passport and a different name, it's entirely possible that 20 countries out there are looking for this guy under his old name, and they will have no way of knowing that he's now traveling under an assumed identity that the U.S. government was complicit in providing him with. How insane is this? Now, what's the solution? Have that U.S. passport include his original name. What's the cost? I don't know. What what does what an eyedropper full of ink cost? That's all it would cost, folks. And when I confronted Michael Chertoff, and we both spoke at Chapman Law School, yes, that Michael Chertoff, first secretary or second secretary of Homeland Security, or Homeland Surrender, as I came to call it, he said, well, Mr. Cutler, you have no idea how political this is. And I said, Mr. Chertoff, uh, would you dare tell that to the husband or the wife or the mother or father or son or daughter of one of the people who died on 9-11, that this is too complicated, not politically expedient? Understand what the risks are, but yet I just picked up a newspaper, and it said that some woman who was in her 90s was in a wheelchair with strip search trying to get on an airplane. Yes, I am sure she was about to kick the door down to the cockpit and overpower the flight crew. It's a charade. It's the magician who cuts the woman in half. And now let's look at what's happening on the border with Nancy Pelosi trying to incite riots around the United States. You know, I have to tell you, uh, Dennis Miller is a very funny comedian. Dennis Miller did a a video a while back, and, and every time I think of Nancy Pelosi, I think of something that Dennis Miller said. He said she's so bad that he's convinced she sleeps upside down. And every time I see Nancy Pelosi spewing, I don't say she speaks. Uh, I was going to teach communication skills on the college level. She doesn't speak. She spews. I have nothing but, but, but a, a sense of revulsion about that individual. To denigrate federal agents who go on duty every day and put their lives on the line to protect America and Americans and call them cowardly and vilify them and engender negative feelings towards people that should be treated with respect for what they do for our country is so far beyond the pale, it leaves me utterly speechless. And the fact that my old Democratic Party sees fit to put her in a leadership position tells me that the Democratic Party is anything but the Democratic Party. It's a charade. It's dead party walking. It really is. And I'm no fan of the Republicans either. Understand, I'm an equal opportunity insulter. But she's screaming about how the families, the kids are being torn from their families, from their mothers. I don't know if you folks are familiar with something in New York State known as Leandra's Law. L-E-A-N-D-R-A apostrophe S, Leandra's Law. Leandra was a young girl who was being driven somewhere by her mother's friend. Her mother's friend was drunk. She had a bunch of young kids in her SUV, and I believe she was on the Henry Hudson Parkway here in New York City, and she crashed the car because she was flat-out drunk, and poor Leandra was killed. Poor Leandra was killed. The other girls were injured. And so they passed Leandra's Law, that call for criminal sentences, big criminal sentences, if a driver is driving drunk and has kids in the car, and if you injure one of those children under the age of 16 because of Leandra's law, that driver is looking at 15 years in jail. And if a child is killed, I, I forget if it's 20 years or life, but, I mean, we're talking 
jail time. We're, we're not talking about 30 days. We're talking about 15 years. So here's my question. Do you think Leandra's law is right? See, I personally like it. And, in fact, I spoke to several of the people that wound up as a part of the Trump team after he was elected, and I had suggested that anybody who would drag a young child through the desert, 130, 140-degree heat, deadly spiders, deadly insects, deadly snakes, extreme violence, no water. Adults die there every day. They're forever finding dead bodies in the desert. Someone gets lost. Someone gets abandoned by the smuggler, and you have a dead body. In fact, the Border Patrol has a humanitarian team called the Boar Star Teams, and their job is to go out there and find people before they die, get them to hospitals, get them water. We just had another 18-wheeler with a bunch of illegals in the the 18-wheeler who were badly injured because of the heat and the lack of water and the lack of ventilation and so forth. This is as dangerous as it gets. This is every bit as dangerous as driving drunk with a child in the car. And there are states, New York included, that even if you're not driving drunk, but if you fail to put a a young child in a proper car seat, you can go to jail. I agree with that also. The child has no control over circumstances. You have a two-year-old kid bouncing around on the back seat. I know we all did that when I was two years old. I'm sure I was bouncing around on the back seat because there were no car safety seats back in the dark ages. But these aren't the dark ages anymore, are they? So we understand the dangers, and so we have passed laws around the country, and I believe there's either 36 or 37 states in addition to New York that has laws that are similar to to Leandri's law that drops a safe on the head of any idiot who would drive drunk with children in the car. Now, if a parent drives drunk with his or her daughter or son in the back of the car and they go to jail for 10 years, They will be separated from the child. Has anyone rioted over that? Has anyone complained over that? Of course not. Why not? It makes sense. Prisons are filled with Americans who committed nonviolent crimes, tax evasion, check kiting, all kinds of things. They're in jail. And the kids are separated from them. Nobody's rioting. Nobody's demonstrating. Here we have a situation of people pouring across the border, and Pelosi wrote it off kind of like saying, well, these people just decided they weren't going to come through a port of entry. Really? So what would happen if someone went to Miss Pelosi's mansion, and I'm sure it's a mansion, and decided, eh, front doors, who needs a front door? We don't need no stinking front door. We'll go in through the bedroom window. Let's be fun. Let's, let's make an adventure out of it. Let's climb in through her bedroom window. Do you think that she wouldn't call the police? Of course she would, and she'd be a fool if she didn't. But yet, when people climb in through America's bedroom window, so to speak, covertly, oh, these poor people. Chuck Schumer, and I've written about this, went nuts. We have all these people trespassing. There were people hanging flags off of the Brooklyn Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge, and some 16-year-old kid climbed the World Trade Center when it was under construction, and he said, these people are trespassing. They're danger. We need to put them in jail, and we need a federal law, and it needs to be a five-year penalty for, for doing it because under New York state law, the worst they get is a year in jail, and the judges never give them a year, so they get two months in jail, and that's not a strong enough punishment. If you want to stop trespassing, put them in a cage for five years. 
macho Chuck Schumer. I didn't know you had it in you, Chucky. However, same Chuck Schumer says, when you trespass on America, now you've earned citizenship. So let's look at it at another charade, by the way. What's the other charade? Well, before I even do that, let me not forget this. So, so here's the connection. The president wants to go after immigration fraud, and you have Goodlatte and you have Ryan proposing bills that could wind up with, and people are saying 3.5 million, I think they're optimists. The, the Ryan bill and the um, Goodlatte bill could wind up with 10 million illegal aliens. I kid you not. We don't know how many are here. And there's nothing to prevent someone from coming here in eight months and lying and saying, and, and they're 36 years old, and saying, I came when I was 14. No interview, no field investigation. And the guy says, I've been using 18 different names. When I arrested illegal aliens, I always found a whole bunch of Social Security cards in different names. And they always told me the same thing. Where'd you get the Social Security cards? I found them in the street. Folks, how many Social Security cards have you found lying on the sidewalk? I found people, I kid you not, it was like a guy pulling out a deck of cards. Do you have any social, any ID on you? And the guy has 12, 12, I'm not kidding you, 12 Social Security cards in different names, different numbers. Where'd you get the, I found them in the street. At one time? No. Every once in a while I walk along and I pick them up. I, I have a habit of collecting them. Have you folks ever found a Social Security card lying in the street waving at you? Here I am, pick me up. The lies just keep on coming. And the Goodlatte bill would so flood the system. But, of course, he's happy about that. He's an immigration lawyer. He's going to need work when he leaves Congress in January. And Paul Ryan, well, he's a good friend of the Chamber of Commerce, and we know what the Chamber of Commerce is all about. I call him the Chamber of Horror. So on the one hand, we're worrying about people embedding themselves in the United States. The president says, let's go after the fraud because this is a threat to national security. President Trump is 100% right. And then you have Bob Goodlatte working in direct opposition to the President of the United States. And the President said, he looked at what, at, at what nonsense Ryan wants, and says, I'm not signing it. Mr. President, if you get this recording, if you, if you hear this program, don't sign any of these pieces of betrayal that are passing as legislation. We need thousands of agents for interior enforcement. Interior enforcement is even more important than the wall because it's not only the Mexican border that's providing access to the United States. We have 95,000 miles of coastline. We have a Canadian border. We have international airports in virtually every state, in some cases multiple international airports. These are all places through which aliens enter America. At the end of the day, it's what we do with them once they're caught within the United States that matters. And you have good lads saying, well, we're going to have enhanced penalties for unlawful reentry after deportation. Thanks, Bob. Been there, done that. I worked with Senator Al D'Amato in the early 80s unofficially to create the aggravated felon reentry law that makes unlawful reentry a 20-year felony. Now, maybe Bob is going to tweak it a bit, and that's fine, Bob. You go for it. But don't hook that on to giving hundreds of thousands of illegal farm workers lawful status. Don't hook that on with giving green cards the people who are working in the computer industry, even if your son is an executive in the computer industry. And if you don't believe that, folks, look up Bobby Goodlatte and see who Bob Goodlatte's son is. He got his start 
with Zuckerberg over at Facebook. That's who we're dealing with, folks. These people are putting their own needs and desires ahead of all of us. We are not being represented. They are, and their cronies are, and it's both sides of the political aisle. And that's why President Trump has been under attack by both sides of the aisle, because he is not on their team. He is on the team of the average American worker. Now, I don't agree with everything the president says, and I sure as hell have a problem with his lack of um, being a little bit more articulate. Sometimes he, he comes across more like a sledgehammer than a scalpel in terms of choice of language. But goodness gracious, understand that both parties are in this little joke together. This is about flooding America with foreign labor that can be exploited, displacing American workers, driving down American wages, and sanctuary cities, guilty as far as I'm concerned of obstruction, of aiding, abetting, encouraging, inducing, harboring, shielding illegal aliens from detection. And this, after the 9-11 Commission warned that these were all issues that conspired against America and Americans, not just on 9-11. They looked at a grand total of 94 terrorists that they identified operating in the United States uh, up to the time of 9-11, including the 19 hijackers. They looked at 94. And they said that 59 of the 94 committed fraud. They're wrong. They all lied. Because I can assure you they all came in through international airports, and I don't think any of them said to the inspector at the port of entry, and I did that job for the first four years of my career at Kennedy Airport, so I know that job backwards and forwards. I don't think anyone answered the question of what's the purpose of your visit by saying we're here to blow up America. We're here to turn airliners into cruise missiles. So they all lied. They all committed fraud. And the more applications you put into that overwhelmed system, the more that fraud goes undetected. And the more that fraud goes undetected, the more that we create a national security nightmare for America and Americans. And that's exactly what the Goodlatte bill would do. It's exactly what the Ryan bill would do. The Ryan bill is worse than the Goodlatte bill, but only incrementally. They're disasters. They're disasters. They are a betrayal of America and Americans. And this has nothing to do with Democrat, Republican, or conservative. So for those of you who are so fixated on those words, Grow up. Grow up. Smell the coffee. You're being lied to. It's not about being conservative. Hell, I'm a liberal on most issues. And if you're really a liberal, then you're concerned about working poor. And if you're concerned about working poor, what in the hell are they doing to America's working poor by making it impossible for them to get a job that pays a decent wage? And when you have Clinton and Pelosi and Schumer talking about $15 an hour for wage equality, what does that make anyone equal to? See, folks, if they talk wage equality and they add to the conversation a minimum wage of 15 an hour, they're not talking about wage equality. They're talking about a standard wage. They're talking about communism. This is not what the Democratic Party was ever about before this current bunch. It's both sides. And it's time that Americans woke up to the fact that they're being betrayed by both political parties. Forget about the little R's and the little D's. Those are meaningless, meaningless letters. Focus on the individual running for office. Make certain that they truly want to not only secure the borders, that the famous line, baloney, 
but restore integrity to the immigration system. And the problem is that the lack of integrity to the immigration system is a lack of, or is a reflection of the lack of integrity of our politicians who are putting their own needs ahead of everyone else. Therein lies the problem. That's why we are in trouble today. After all that's happened, all the gangs and all the opiate overdoses, how hard is it to understand that we have literally left America's doors and windows wide open and people are losing their lives as a consequence? And somehow we have the leadership in both parties trying to convince Americans that it's rational and reasonable to reward illegal aliens with lawful status, knowing full well that the system couldn't conduct interviews, let alone field investigations, what could possibly go wrong? The DREAM Act was all about amnesty. It wasn't about children. And it's remarkable. You know, if you want to figure out if you can trust someone, look for hypocrisy. For all the screaming about how the word alien is a terrible word, the A in DREAM Act is alien, as in alien minors. This has all been a big scam. This is the biggest con game that's ever been run on America or Americans. Ponzi, the Ponzi scheme was because of a criminal by the name of Ponzi. And then you had Madoff, and boy, that was an appropriate name for a guy that made off with so many people's life savings. These guys are small potatoes compared to what the Congress is attempting to foist on us today. To flood America with unknown millions of illegal aliens, the likelihood is great that among them will be criminals and fugitives and terrorists and gangbangers. The system can't withstand that level of an invasion. And there's no other way to describe it. And for those people who argue about whether or not this is constitutional, Article 4, Section 4, the Constitution promises that the federal government will provide for each state freedom from invasion and violence. The presence of millions of unauthorized people who ran the border, uninvited guests, I'd call that an invasion. On this magnitude, it's probably the biggest invasion in the history of the human species. Go back to Article 4, Section 4. And when you have judges saying that the president can't terminate DACA without proving that it's illegal, DACA was nothing more than policy promulgated by Attorney General Napolitano. Nappy wrote a little memo and Obama made it happen, and this is now what the president is being prevented from ending by a judge who claims to know the law, who questions the constitutionality of it. It was unconstitutional to, to do DACA in the first place. It was legislation without the benefit of the legislative process. It flies in the face of this checks and balance system that is our way of government, and it certainly constitutes an invasion. And this is not victimless. Anything but victimless. And let's be clear, my position is not anti-immigrant, but it is pro-enforcement. When I was an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport, I can assure you that I admitted the great majority of, of aliens seeking entry into the United States, and I was happy to do it. When I adjudicated applications for green cards, I approved well over 95% of the applications that landed on my desk and I was happy to do it. This isn't about keeping foreign nationals out of the United States, folks. 
It's about keeping out aliens who pose a threat to our safety and well-being, not based on race, not based on religion, not based on ethnicity, but based on facts. Title VIII, United States Code Section 1182 enumerates who is to be kept out, aliens with dangerous communicable diseases, aliens who are severely mentally ill, aliens who are criminals, spies, terrorists, fugitives from justice, prior deportees. That's who we're trying to keep out. And the immigration system was supposed to protect the jobs of Americans. How in the world does it make sense to flood America with so many foreign workers that the wages of Americans have fallen through the floorboards? They now advertise a program where you can loan your car to someone for money to help you make the monthly car payments. Is this still America? It's not how much money you're earning. It's what the buying power, the money you earn, provides you with. And the purchasing power of the average American has never been more depressed than it is now. This isn't an accident. This is why the Koch brothers stand shoulder to shoulder with George Soros looking to take care of the DACA aliens. Soros and the Koch brothers. What an unholy alliance. That's why I insist that you must understand that this has nothing to do with left or right, conservative or liberal. And as far as progressive goes, I prefer to call them regressive, not progressive, regressive. If you check out um, the website over at Front Page Magazine, you'll see my most current article. Uh, Another article I'd love for you to see, and I'll try to deal with it a little bit more next week perhaps, B-1 Franken-Visa Nightmare, State Department giving aliens B-1 visas to be used in lieu of H-1B visas. It's a violation of law. There's no justification for it. It's costing, again, more Americans, more jobs. The government of the United States has turned itself against its own citizens. President Trump is trying to undo some of that damage. Um, And that's why you see the madness that you're seeing in Washington. Finally, I wrote another article, Sanctuary Policies Endanger Innocent Victims, You know, uh, families often get orders of protection against violent family members. They beg the courts to separate the family from some of their own relatives. If you look at it from that angle, orders of protection are not unlike orders of deportation to protect America from aliens who have no lawful right to be in the United States. And again, not based on race, religion, or ethnicity, but based on the laws that are designed to protect innocent lives and the jobs of American workers. Please get involved, folks. I keep making the point, but it's one to always remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. I hope you found my program uh, worthwhile. If you did, please tell your friends about my program. Forward the link to my podcasts to them. Check out my articles at michaelcutler.net, frontpagemag.com, The Social Contract, Have a great weekend, and for those of you celebrating Father's Day, have fun. We'll see you again next week, right here, same time, on the Michael Cutler Hour. Good night, everybody.